This is Jacob Emerson with the Becker's Payer Issues podcast. Here's your bi-weekly industry news briefing for May 24th. Well, new drugs such as Ozambic and Wagovi have exploded in popularity for weight loss, but insurers and employers say there's still low interest in covering them because of the high cost. Among employer-sponsored plans, just over 22% said they covered, offered coverage for prescription weight loss drugs in 2022. That's according to the International Foundation of Employee Benefit Plans annual survey. That survey included responses from over 500 organizations across nearly 20 industries that ranged in size from fewer than 50 to more than 10,000 employees. It also found that 45% of employers cover bariatric surgery and 32% cover weight management programs. GLP-1 drugs, which include Ozambic, Trulicity, and Manjaro, are used to treat type 2 diabetes. Others, such as Wagovi, are specifically approved for weight loss. Those drugs can cost upward of $10,000 annually without insurance coverage. Payers typically don't cover GLP-1s meant for treating obesity, but they do often cover drugs meant to treat diabetes. The nation's largest payers told investors in the first quarter the coverage of GLP-1s has been almost entirely constrained to diabetes care. For Medicare enrollees, weight loss drugs are never covered. In 10 states, Medicaid offers broad coverage for weight loss drugs, according to Bloomberg. Work requirements for Medicaid and other federal assistance programs are at the center of debt ceiling negotiations between House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and President Joe Biden. Mr. McCarthy has called tougher work requirements a, quote, red line in the ongoing negotiations to address to reduce federal spending in exchange for addressing the debt ceiling. President Biden has said he would consider some work requirements, but not those that would affect people's health care or other areas of consequence. Several Democrats have called the proposed requirements a non-starter. House Republicans included work requirements in a bill to raise the debt ceiling into next year. Under that proposal, Medicaid beneficiaries would have to work, volunteer, or be part of a work program for 80 hours a month. Those rules would affect beneficiaries from 19 to 56 years old. Exemptions would be made for pregnant women, parents, and caregivers, as well as those that are physically or mentally unable to work. The proposal allows states to keep those who do not comply with work requirements enrolled in the program, but those states would take on the full cost of coverage for those for those enrolled. The Congressional Budget Office estimated the proposal would result in an estimated 600,000 people losing coverage nationwide, but it would save the federal government $109 billion over a 10-year period. The CBO also said the proposal would have a, quote, negligible effect on employment status or hours worked by people who would be subject to the work requirements. Well, Point32 Health, which is the parent company of Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare and Tufts Health Plan out of the Northeast, has reported a ransomware attack on its Harvard Pilgrim commercial and Medicare Advantage systems. The Boston Globe reported on May 23rd that the incident has left the company unable to process claims or prior authorization requests for more than a month. The local PBS station in Boston reported that some members have been unable to use their health benefits entirely and were told by providers their coverage had been terminated. Now, the ransomware incident involved data that was copied and taken between March 28th and April 17th, and it's unclear how many individuals have been affected. Harvard Pilgrim said May 23rd that the files at issue may contain sensitive information about current and former members and their dependents, along with current contracted providers. That information may include names, addresses, birthdays, health insurance information, social security numbers, and clinical information. 
the company did say at this point it is not aware of any misuse of personal information being used, but nonetheless has begun notifying potentially affected individuals. The Boston Globe reported that Harvard Pilgrim has implemented an interim payment process for providers and waived prior authorization requests for affected plans. And CMS is proposing a new rule for drug manufacturers, PBMs, and managed care plans to increase drug price transparency in the Medicaid program. In a proposed rule published May 23rd, the agency laid out plans to increase transparency by requiring drug manufacturers to disclose some pricing information through a price survey and requiring PBMs to disclose more pricing details with managed care plans. That proposal would establish a Medicaid drug price verification survey, which would require manufacturers of some high-cost drugs to submit detailed pricing information to CMS. It would also require PBMs to report the cost of dispensing and administering drugs to managed care plans separately from any additional costs charged by the PBMs. It would also give CMS increased oversight of drug classifications in Medicaid and the ability to require corrective actions from manufacturers if a drug is incorrectly classified as brand name rather than generic. The proposed rule would also ensure states get the appropriate rebates from manufacturers. And finally, a few executive moves within the industry. Centene has named Shannon Susco as Senior Vice President and Chief Communications Officer. Susan Arthur has been named President of Optum Global Advantage. She was previously Optum Insights COO back in 2021. Centene's Chief Operating Officer, James Murray, is retiring in 2024 and will give his responsibilities to other executives within the company. Former Bright Health CFO Kathy Smith is taking on the same role at retailer Nordstrom. And CVS Health's chief policy executive, Tom Moriarty, it will be starting June 5th as Albertson's executive vice president and general counsel. If you'd like the latest payer news delivered straight to your inbox every morning, subscribe to the Becker's Payer Issues e-newsletter on our website at beckerspayer.com.